Welcome to the Pep Shot After Party. Hello, everybody. We're clearly joined once again by the myth, the legend, the man himself, Pep McDonald. Hello, Pep. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. 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 Uh, we're excited to have you back on. I'm excited to be here. It, uh, it certainly was a joy and a privilege to relive your homebrew one-shot with the final cuts. Uh, over the past, what, two weeks of releases, I suppose? Yeah, it was. I'm impressed that you are able to slim it all down because I think it was five or six hours total and you got it down to just about four, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh... Yeah, I think we had maybe a little longer than that recording because we had some technical issues at the end of, like, hour four or three or something. There was a part where, like, Elena's sound cut out. She couldn't hear anything or something. Like, <laughs> oh, I could never, I could never hear the wizard pre-recorded oh, stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, that's right. Oh, so you got to actually hear it now. I did hear it, but what I had to do was mute my own mic and listen to it, so you guys didn't get the echo and all that. Oh, yeah. right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a weird. So thing I couldn't, I couldn't talk it. over someone else talking. I'm. It was weird. <laughs> It was good. I quite enjoyed putting them together, though. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun reliving. There, there were a lot of moments where I, like, cackled out loud. That's a, a C-O-L not, instead of an L-O-L. <laughs> I was definitely most impressed by uh, the squishing part, the, the part with the room that was collapsing. You edited that together really well. Oh, good, good. There was, I remember there was a moment where I think the recording said something like there was about 30 seconds left, and then there's probably about another like three and a half or four minutes of like actions that happen. Right. So it's like, it's like so much for 30 seconds, but it's really hard to do that when you're trying to like record. True, true. And, and it's like, your action doesn't take as long as you describe it does too, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. So where you can take, you know, an hour and a half to play out 30 seconds of combat. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Combat's so bad for that. Yeah, you have totally. this combat, and they'll be like, oh, I think our party needs a rest. We just, like, fought for hours, and it's like, that was two minutes. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was difficult when the room was squishing, because in real time, you're like, I'm not stopping the recording, because that's how long it is. So we're like, how are we going to do this? At, like, Leland had his work cut out for him. <laughs> yeah. Because we had to, like, talk, and yeah, it was just... I'm actually curious, Leland. I noticed a couple times where it felt like somebody was saying something that they didn't actually say in the one shot. Did you have to fill in anything, or was I just forgetting parts? No, not at all, no. Oh. We don't do that. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I, I do it, I only do it three times <laughs> an episode to make myself sound better, but for the rest of them, no. Those idiots sound as, as dumb as they normally do. So. Yeah, during Leland's right. exposition, if he stutters, I mean, he re-records I have to redo it, the obviously. whole, if it's five minutes and I stutter for once, I have to redo that whole thing. It's, yeah. Oh, jeez. Someone has to sound like they know what they're doing. Should we uh, should we break down our characters a little bit? Yeah, I think that's a good we... idea. We could talk about our characters. Yeah. I actually would like to get uh, Pep's impression on our group and you know the decision that <laughs> our decision to play a group a party of five druids specifically <laughs> well first i am going to call out that emma is watching us here on twitch and said uh, she just popped in because she wanted to say good night and for us to have fun and i i mostly wanted to call that out because uh emma and a few others helped me test this before i played it with your group 
Yes, yeah, that was right. something that we wanted to touch on, absolutely. Yeah, and so I, I really appreciated that. And they, unlike you, uh, played a well-balanced breakfast. Uh, yeah, well, I also heard that they just darted through the room that shot arrows and fire at you, so they yeah. just took the damage and yeah. didn't figure out the puzzle, so. Which is <laughs> fine. One way to go about it. Yeah, like, that's yeah. that's always a solution. I've had that happen in D&D before, where there's some sort of a puzzle, and they said, uh, we're just gonna run through the hall and hope for the best, and they took the damage, and they survived, and we carried on, so. Ken Poe's character died, eh? Yeah. He's in the chat saying he died. <laughs> Yes. Oh, really? The, the ooze was not quite so friendly. So remember, John, what happened with you? I, I Sorry, we're getting off topic, but do you remember how when you ran in and uh, you ran into the ooze, essentially, and you kind of like broke out and went on your own way? Yeah. Uh, he wasn't so lucky. So he, he basically <laughs> sat in the room alone and kind of like mostly died until people eventually oh, came no. in to save him. Wow. And by the time they tried wow. to save him, it was it was too late. And he was the cleric. So, oh, oh, there you go. Oh. so the mindless ooze was the like the smartest enemy the entire time. It took the cleric out first. It was perfect. Oh, <laughs> Emma says uh, she was the only one who survived. Jess got stuck in the pit. Oh, no. oh right. <laughs> yeah, the ooze was on top of it, and she couldn't get out. Oh, I remember that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And that That's was uh, that was Jessica's first D and D experience oh. ever. Kempo says he kept failing all his strength checks. Oh man, it's so brutal. I thought That's we so handled awful. that cube terribly. Man, we were yeah. experts compared to this lot before us. We pass all of their bodies, obviously, on the way through the dungeon. They, they had a party three as well, which was interesting. They, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had a bit of a tougher time. Uh, to answer your question from way far back, though, the whole playing all druids was interesting because you, you approached me at first and... I don't remember exactly how it happened, but you said something about you want to do a one-shot, and then you said, you know, but but all of us want to play druid, so we want to know if that's okay. And I'm like, uh, I guess so. As long as you all played the different circles so that it's a little bit unique and different, then I don't care. Because if you were all just, like, the default really good at transforming into animals druids, for example, it would be kind of boring. You'd probably all just be kind of doing the same thing, so... What? Transform into animals? I don't think any of us remembered that. You would have had five <laughs> giant end. goats on your hand as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. I had totally forgotten about that until I listened to the back and I, I was dying listening to Leland. Well, and then, like, Leland's like, we could turn into a spider. It's fine. We can get through a locked door. It's <laughs> like, was very, like, what do you, come on, don't be stupid. We're druids. Come on, guys, we're druids. <laughs> I, my memory of the mm-hmm. whole druid thing coming about was Leland was like we should all bit play one class and we were like yeah. okay and then Leland said druids and we just okay I sure. think we were going to do clerics first right I think we oh, talked about boy, doing an all cleric party <laughs> and then we changed our mind yeah uh, I probably would have said no to an all cleric party that might be too much <laughs> oh, oh, what's that what's that what's that uh, cantrip that lets you just give them a uh, advantage on a ability check or whatever we just be like guidance guiding guidancing everybody guidancing, each other in a circle yeah, yeah. like okay guidance you guys a spell guidance is a cantrip yeah especially if you're playing five people for what is essentially supposed to be a four player campaign or four right. player one shot too it'd be really gross if you're all clerics constantly healing each other and buffing each other <laughs> i mean i honestly i as op as a uh five party uh, uh, uh consisting of druids could be 
the way we roleplay together definitely <laughs> put us at a handicap. So imagine how great the handicap yeah. would have been if we all were those great, or if we weren't druids. <laughs> I was a little thrown off at Hydratia was uh, a, a bit abrasive to some of the party members, and it, it was she was a bitch. Yeah, she yeah. was the worst. Hydratia was great. Oh, yeah, I, loved her. I mean, she was shit. By the end, by the end of it, she liked everybody. Man. This one shot got sexy. Holy! Yeah. It, it kind of did. Yeah, a little. Do bit. you expect anything less with Leland playing? <laughs> As a group of druids, my favorite part was when we teleported, and, and Pep said, "I just want to remind you all that you left a fire burning in your camp." <laughs> Oh, and then at the end, you teleported away, and then it, it, Leland's like, we should go back for the animals. And it's like, back through what? There's no... I know. I yeah. totally <laughs> didn't clue in to, like, the spatial relations of it all. Yeah. I was so disappointed when... I, and I could hear myself being disappointed when I realized that in the episode where you all had, you all had to explain it to me. Like, no, you can't. Hello, you just walked through a portal. <laughs> so we recorded this, like, over two months ago. And there were many funny parts I forgot. Oh, so, oh, so yeah. many. Bill, Bill listening to the turtle talk, but then trying to eat a fish. Like, that, just <laughs> <Yes>. blew, <laughs> that was so good. Oh, it was, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. And was I'm glad hilarious. Pep didn't forget that he could hear all animals. No, that, that kind of stuff happens to me all the time where I, I did forget basically until the last second. Like, as soon as he, like, grabbed the fish or whatever, uh, I kind of remember that I'm like, oh, my God, this should be screaming. So I just. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Didn't you say it was, like, a couple months away from retirement? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then the carrot just retired yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a. So, yeah, our characters, I don't know. I went into it thinking. Maybe we'd all get along because he had put us as knowing each other for a while and being a party for a while. But yeah, Hydratia was the worst. I think we were at that part where like you first meet up, everybody loves each other, and then you start discovering everybody's little annoyances. Yeah. And you start to get on each other's nerves and you're like, okay, I need a break from you all. Yeah. I I don't understand what you mean at all. I love you guys (laughs) so much. I imagine it, too, as you're all druids. You're probably used to a lot of being out in nature and being out in the open. So all five of you kind of crammed into, like, a 20 by 20 room over and over. I feel like you probably got a little more up close and personal to each other than you wanted. Maybe Hydratia started to realize how some of you smelled and just... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, usually she smells as sweet as the flowing ocean. Mm. Salty. 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 Real salty. salty is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So savage. That's a good description. Actually, one of my favorite lines was Bill's the very, very end where it's like, you know, while she she quenches my thirst, she still leaves me thirsty. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She satiates me. I had totally forgotten about that, that line so as well. And then you're like, I like what you've done with the landscape. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man, man. Hydratia yeah. had quite a few uh, proverbs or sayings. Uh, yeah, had you? She did. Were those on the spot, Leland, or did you tell um, us some of them? Before? I think that actually was a question that we had from Brett, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I, I did yeah. right before we played. I was like, 
oh, wait a second, I should have maybe some weird things to say. And I did have some um, pre-written. So no, I definitely did not come up with those on the spot. <laughs> I was wondering, uh. some of the, they sounded so wise and because like, it's like, you know, water flows best when love is involved or whatever. I can't even I can't <laughs> think of what they were. <laughs> well, the erosion when it was like, water always finds a way. <laughs> She's such a fucking tight ass. You, you can you can <laughs> live for a week without food, but only days without water. <laughs> it's like <laughs> getting all 27 uh, hours up in here. She's like right. she kind of I guess I was playing her like almost like she was like some type of aristocrat. Like she's really stuck up. Like mostly is really what I was. But then yeah. as soon as like she's out of like, the public eye doesn't have to be the face for her family. She, you know, can maybe get a little kinky, I guess. Turn into a giant goat. <laughs> have some people yeah. ride around on her. You know. Understatement of the year. No kink shame. Yeah, when you have to be proper all the time and you got to cut loose, That's right? right? Finally, we get out of out of the wild and into a dungeon. Woo, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pyra started. asked if she needed to take her clothes off. She was willing. <laughs> True. And yeah, Delano. was like, nope, no, you're good, Pyra. You're good. <laughs> Delano was like... <laughs> Well, you know well, what? I, I think the Pyra's voice is the reason. You, you, the picture you have in your head when you hear Pyra. I can take my clothes off, baby. Right. Let's go. Yeah, Let's strip definitely. down and get dirty. Oh, man. Hydra's convinced that the, she got the party through that dungeon by taking her by removing clothes. She heeded the advice that was written on the ground from the wizard, and she saved the party using her body. <laughs> A logical conclusion. I do love that um, that you didn't clue in that each part was for each door right away. Uh, so you yeah. kind of like you you heated all the. We thought it was all of them. <laughs> it's like okay, I got to go into this room naked while holding meat, uh, and I have to be fast, <laughs> and I can't keep my eyes open. We're not used to puzzles, okay? Leland tells us everything up front. We never have to figure anything yeah. out. <laughs> kind of wanted to, to mention too is uh this was weird I've, I've dm'd quite a bit but i've never dm'd for something like a podcast so i remember in the first puzzle we got about halfway through and i think the line ended up in the in the actual podcast where it's like such quality podcast content when they're like i'll step onto yes. the blue square i'll step onto yes. the purple square and it was just that for like yeah. three minutes straight and it's so like puzzles are fun, but yeah, maybe um, maybe it's something that doesn't translate as well into podcast content, or at the very least, maybe it's something that as a DM you might need to be a little bit more descriptive and have more um, uh, more word-based puzzles or more just more description involved in the puzzles. I think what you did was fine. I think when we got to the point where, like you said, you said okay, unless you do something really stupid. I'm just going to move it along, right? Yeah, yeah, So I yeah. think once you get past that key point of the puzzle and everybody's like, oh, that's cool, I get it now. Yeah, then just move along. I, I think it away some of it, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Emily, like, figuring out the potions by herself in her own head, that was cool. Actually, I wanted to ask, did that happen on mic or did you record that in post, Emily? I recorded it in post. Okay. You lied to me, it, Leland. She's oh, an actress. Right. That was the only thing. Yeah. Oh, it, it sounded shoot. really good. I did completely lie to your face. Thanks, Emily, for. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's what you were referring to, then. It was, yeah. Okay. Because I, I do remember Emily. Uh, Emily talked a little bit about doing it, but I don't remember being quite that in depth. And so, yeah. 
like, while you were resting, Emily had the little breaks where she was doing the potion speech. And I'm like, I don't remember it quite like that, so. Yes, my apologies. I completely just lied to your face. Yeah, um, because actually, like, a lot of the actual figuring out, we had some discussion off mic in between, you know, as we were recording, we, you know, taking a break and sorting out technical difficulties. And then, yeah, yeah, Emily uh, recorded it for me, and I was able to uh, slice it up and kind of, again, similar to, I hope it sounded like it was very clear that it was kind of a, almost like cutting back to Kaisa Kaista Kaista on the bench it, it, <laughs> like we don't know. looking through these potions <laughs> yeah. no, nobody Who? knows nobody knows i mean are we to start getting into the names or what <laughs> also super mcdad wanted a shout out what up what up though <laughs> <laughs> i think actually what he said is he'd be all right if he never heard pyra and Pyra's voice and the goat again. Oh. <laughs> he also said Leland was a pain in the ass, and I don't know what he means by was. Right. Was, <laughs> is, continues. will continue to be. Shots fired. This feels like continual character Shots fired. Every time we get on mic with a lot of you. <laughs> so if you're new to the Incorrigible podcast, they, uh, they really enjoy ribbing on each other. Yes. yes. It does sure. come naturally, yes. yeah. It's, how we, it's our love language. <laughs> I really enjoyed playing a different character voice, though. I just, I need to do an, I, this I is the only voice. voice I got. I don't know. I this really liked your it. voice. What's your inspiration for your voice? Uh, an old smoker lady from the Jersey yeah. Shore. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody you know? Uh, it's my no. mom. Uh, no, I don't. I I don't really know. I don't know. At first, it was kind of like Ursula, and then it just it changed because uh, when we created characters for this, um, I had Jessica help me make my character and Bill's character because she had never played before and she wanted to see how to create a character. And then she did her own for when she previewed the pep shot. I think she was a ranger. Ranger, yeah. There's a ranger, yeah, a cleric, remember. and a rogue, I believe. Or was Emma a bard? I don't know. Maybe, what does Emma usually maybe do? Maybe a bard. Maybe she was a rogue. I did. Uh, I, I did run it with another group, um, kind of locally uh, as well, and uh, they had a bit of an easier time. They, they were very <laughs> experienced D and D players, though. So one of them basically breezed <laughs> yeah. through every puzzle like it was like it was silly putty. Now, would their character have been able to breeze through puzzles like that? I know, and that's that's always a, the interesting thing with stuff like D and D. It's like sometimes the person with the least wisdom or intelligence will be the one who solves the puzzle. And it's like, right. are you solving yeah. the puzzle, or is your character solving <laughs> yeah. the puzzle? Um, I, that's I, uh, hard. I like that a lot of times. Like Pyro was like, you know what, <laughs> you youngins got it. It's like literally. Oh yeah, yeah. Said, like, Figure right, out your arithmetic. Tap me on the shoulder when it's done. <laughs> we'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Kenpo thinks that Pyra's voice came from Joey Tribbiani's agent. Oh, I forget her name, exactly but she's right. she's oh, like chain smoking. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good call. There you go. It's a job, Joey. What else do you? <laughs> Pyra, Pyra backing out of not doing the puzzles was funny too because I remember later. I don't remember why we needed to find out what people's intelligence was, but everyone's like, oh, 10, 10, 11. and then Elena's like, oh, mine's sixteen. Like, why, why were you the I uh, I rolled really well. I don't know. I, my character was pretty good. I I like Pyra a lot. I would love to play her again. I like all my little one shot characters so far. Pam. 
You tend to have really good luck when it comes to rolling up characters. Yeah, um, yeah. Your yeah. stats are always really good. Mia is pretty intense. But yeah, I don't know. I think Super McDad is um, throwing more shots here, Elena. <laughs> it's, hard it's hard to, to role play, play being more intelligent or wise than you actually are. <laughs> oh. I thought I was your favorite. <laughs> His favorite. <laughs> Continual rotation. Also, Tom Posh says he just found this podcast and there's only 143 episodes to catch up with. <laughs> That's right. Well, Tom, only. you uh, you may be able to skip some of the after parties. I don't know. Unless you yeah, do enjoy... I mean, we've always said the Getting after parties. Getting to know us. The after parties are exactly like exactly Elena, like to know us, the players, whereas yeah, obviously yeah. the show is more the characters. Um, I also do occasionally reveal some things that the party may or may have missed when they were playing. May have missed. <laughs> we also may occasionally get to the part of the after party where we give the DM ideas from the yeah, theories yeah. that True. we have. Yeah, we, we talk about our <laughs> theories, which he then scribbles down on pieces of paper yeah. and <laughs> comes up with more devious plans. What percentage of the story has actually came up with it in the after parties, Leland? Yeah, at least, uh, well, roll me a D100, John. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> Oh, man. So the comment from David Dave was not aimed at me. It was a general comment, you guys. Oh, you just got to play your character. That is difficult. It, it is. And, and uh, it, it's funny because intelligence is something that always comes up with that. But, you know, someone who wants to play a fighter doesn't have to be someone who could lift a boulder over their head, even if their character could be. So it is always kind of strange when someone has like high intelligence and you would just expect them to, to do all the puzzle solving. But in reality, you should just, I should be privately, like for example, Elena, if your character was actually much more intelligent than the rest of the party, I should yeah. just be sending you little hints that they aren't getting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good That's how it should be. Yeah. Ooh, that would be right. interesting. Right. Yeah, that'd um, be cool. Yeah, it's almost like their stats are hitting this DC, you know, this... That you have that the that the DM has kind of thing. Yeah, that's a totally good. Also, point. Pep, thank you. I know my next character. It's going to be a fighter that does CrossFit, but can't lift very heavy things. Just um. lots of things really quickly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> and how often how often does your character like to tell people that? I talk about doing CrossFit five times, ten times a day, but I do it like one time a week. That's awesome. Because it's so oh expensive. Yeah. See, that's the that's the thing about good backstories, right? You got to have all that. Um, like when we first started out introducing our characters, Leland said, "Briefly tell us about your character." So I I did. And Delano had I, and, a paragraph. And when I listened back to it, it was only two minutes. That was a very short brief. Uh, description. It's not brief if you have to lick your thumb and flip the page. <laughs> John, for every character he does, has a very extensive backstory. Well, you gotta know how your character is gonna gonna be, and now they, you know, what they're gonna do, how they're gonna react, right? You get that emotion that yeah. you get to play off of. It doesn't matter if any, nobody else pays attention to your backstory. Sure. It's really for me. I agree, yeah. You guys I didn't agree. even get to hear about my best friend that died in a prison and the revenge that I was seeking again. You know, it's Oh, like, my goodness. But, but nobody's backstory is I grew up, my parents 
were together. They lived a happy life. Everybody, everything me. was great. Yeah. It was always uh, the orcs came in and killed my parents or, you know, everybody has a tragic story. I'm just going to make somebody a uh, character someday that everything's just perfect. He didn't have no it's, problems. Everything's great. It's not great. a Disney movie if the mom or dad doesn't die at the beginning. Shakara of the didn't, has a happy childhood. All her parents are still alive and family. Yeah. Waiting yeah, back look, her look what's happened to her. Look what I think, I mean, if you're going to be on one end of the spectrum or the other, it's a lot better to be on the end where you invest a ton of time into your backstory rather than someone who comes with little to no preparation. Um, even if that backstory, you know, doesn't get completely um, touched on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if like your character prematurely dies or something, and you don't get to, <laughs> I mean, that's always like the the tragedy of RPGs, right? Uh, you could just die, and all this work you put into could be for naught. This <laughs> <laughs> could happen, and it's all your fault. Yeah, it's all the DM's fault. Tom Fosh says he tends to play quite aloof characters as he's still pretty inexperienced, but it gives him a bit of uh, get out of jail card when it comes to the dialogue a bit. Oh, that's fair. Oh, that's that's good. Okay. Yeah, you know, and... is that what you do, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You did a really good job with Booch. Okay, that was like yeah, your Booch best cool. role play. Booch, everyone likes Booch. Was your best yeah. role Booch play? Awesome. I think. Like, I had really good inspiration to um, draw from for him because he's he's based off a real person. So, right. Uh, well, I, think I mean, that helped a lot. That's a that's a a key tip that you'll find in a lot of like you know tips on yep. making a character like base them around steel. an already yeah steel character exactly steel oh character. my crossfit character will be based off leland steel <laughs> oh, that's a good last name for someone who does crossfit for sure that is yeah it's funny too after uh after playing with with booch as a character it inspired me that i want to make uh i want to make a drunken monk uh tortle who uh, who like brews his own uh, beer in his in his shell? Like he has his own little keg that he brews. Yeah, Ooh, I think that'd be fun. Sweet. Plus, I like the idea of a of a monk who's like you're supposed to be dexterous, but you're actually this like big lumbering, lumbering turtle that yeah. sloshes around. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's funny. Um, Booch inspired my character and my um, my uh, get together group, like my my real life group uh, that recently started up. Um, as group meeting again. on us with Booch. <laughs> Your well, side piece. I'm a player, so I'm not jamming it. So, but um, to, you are to, quite the to player. two points to like to to Tom's point about his aloof characters. Often with that group, it's full of like role players. They love role playing. They're all veterans. They've been playing um, for upwards of two decades for some of them. And I also like to role play, but we also have a group of like seven people when everyone's there. So. In that specific group, I always take a back seat on the role play and the table talk. I mean, in that group, I'm known for just my characters dropping funny one-liners. And that's basically all the dialogue that my character has. <laughs> so I'm always having fun and everyone's always having fun anyways. But, like, I, it's totally fine for me to take – I like taking the step back because I like watching them role play. I don't know if that is also comes from – how I enjoy watching my players role play when I'm running the game. I don't know if that has something to do with that, but my character in that campaign was again, inspired by Booch. Although he's not a turtle, he's a dragonborn that was raised by turtles and thinks he's a turtle. Oh, 
he introduces himself as a turtle. Everyone gives him a kind of cockeyed looks like, wait, you're a dragonborn. He's like, no, I get that a lot, but I'm a, I'm a turtle. <laughs> as he speaks very slowly. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good voice. And the, I, I, <laughs> I made him as a defender too. So he doesn't have a shell, but he has a shield on his back that's painted like a shell. And oh. his armor, he's rigged it up with a block and tackle where he can just pull on it and it lifts up. So he goes into a shell when he takes the dodge action. Because he never huh. attacks. He always takes the dodge action. <laughs> Runs up to try That's to take hilarious. hits. <laughs> so, yeah. Inspired directly by Booch, for sure. Booch is a great <laughs> character. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Turtles are pretty cool. Turtles are cool, yeah. Booch is inspired by uh, a real person um, who's on YouTube. Um, the Bon Appetit YouTube channel has a guy... Um, Brad Leone? Brad. Brad. Leone. Brad Leone. Yeah, yeah. I love him. He's hilarious. But he loves fermentation, and so that's why I had the spore babies. And he's just very chill and easygoing, always happy. So that's kind of where I got inspiration for Booch. And Booch, obviously, coming from kombucha. Right. If anyone didn't put that. We almost called you Miso when we... Yeah, Miso. We were... Bill, how did you come up with the whole shell and spores and so on? Is that a common druid thing? Can you all hear the thunder and lightning going on outside? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time, every time we twitch. I thought you got a cat. It's storm. The Why infinite storm. Yeah, really. Oh, Mia. Someone must have broke the gym. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't. The the type of druid I was was circle of spores. Um, so that sort of influenced it a little bit, but I don't think the whole shell and. Um, well, okay, so is... Bill ran out of time making his character, so Jessica Shh. and I helped you. <laughs> so I will speak for the as the person making the character. Um, and Jessica's just popping in. Hey, Jess, I'm talking about when we made Bill's character. <laughs> so, so um, Brad Leone is known for like it's his TV show on YouTube's called It's Alive because he does stuff where it's alive, like fermenting, aging, um, that type of things, yeast, like stuff that's alive. So Circle of Spores fit well, and then he has a fermentation station in the kitchen that he works in where it's like all these bottles of kombucha and like cured egg yolks and dried jerky and whatever. Right. So, um, it just made sense to turn your shell That's into sweet, like sweet your little pooch jerky. Oh God, it goes yeah, down yeah. smooth. <laughs> and he makes miso. So like miso was one of the name options, but we honestly thought everyone would say miso horny like every five seconds. I mean, I did not even, when you said miso the first time, I did not think of that. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so we would never take something and beat it into the ground. <laughs> I was pretty and close to calling it. um I was pretty close to calling you DiGiorno a few times just because Ooh, I would like DiGiorno. Yeah. Yeah. Delano. Think of how sexy yeah. the after the one shot could have been right from the beginning if we had Miso instead of Booch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like Booch was definitely my favorite character and I'm sure you know, there's there's no particular reason why Booch was my favorite character. That was that was definitely a tactical decision. Yeah, somebody playing up to the DM for sure. Easiest way to survive: yeah. make sure I don't kill you that way. Yeah, is just pick something you know the DM's gonna love. <laughs> but the the DM will still kill some of your precious precious spore babies. 
no matter how much he likes your character. <laughs> that hurt me at a deep level. So can you explain that instance, Pat? Because when we were playing, I know for a fact that during play, we didn't know what happened. No, it's true. In the final cut, it's funny because like you actually explained it to us at a part off mic. And listening to it when Bill was like, no, no, no. Let's just go with they're just a little burnt. And you're like, well, (laughs) one of them at least had to be gone because otherwise he wouldn't have gone out of that cube. Like, none of us picked up on that journey. No one picked up. Everyone just kept talking. (laughs) So when you explain to us what happened in case the listeners also was like, hmm, how did that happen? Yeah, so the uh, the the wizard, if he is a wizard, uh, the the mushrooms that he made. Anytime you eat them, I basically just rolled on the table for the chaos sorcerers. So that's why the effects that were happening were so strange. Because Elena turned into a potted plant, and then uh, Bill's spores started singing, and then Elena went for a little flying trip. And uh, so what <laughs> happened was he sat in there for so long, and he's taken so much damage. And I just thought to myself, oh, these spores are definitely dying. And then it kicked in that, wait, he he planted some of those mushrooms on the back. And I'm like, well, if it actually ate through one of the mushrooms, it's going to have to suffer the effects. And and I rolled, and oh. I, uh, oh, I don't think I have the book right next to me. Um, I don't remember exactly which one I rolled, but it was something... I'm going to see if I can find it. But I, I rolled something that, that made it essentially become incapacitated. I did not catch that. Wow. I didn't either. Mm. Yeah. I was kind of surprised no, no people didn't, didn't question it more because it's like, oh, the enemy just died in front of us. Like It we... just died. Well, I'm good. It's dead. Let's go on. Yeah. Don't ask questions. <laughs> just move on. No, we don't question things. Pyra's intelligence, I mean, can only go as far as my... Yeah, Because Py- there was also this... Pyra knew the whole time. She doesn't tell anybody. Like, yeah. She's, no, she's like, and Pyra's like, guys, it's definitely the light appears when I'm by the door. <laughs> yeah, when I'm by the door. <laughs> None of us had any idea what was happening. I'm a freaking idiot, but I'm the smartest. So you can only play to your own strengths there. Well, okay, here's, here's, a th- here's something you might have gotten correctly. So, Pep, this magical darkness... Would it dispel any effect you had going on so when you entered the room you were fresh kind of thing? Is that what the idea no, was? No, it, it was so specific. It was just a like a continual... <laughs> no! uh, it was like a continual darkness spell. But darkness specifically snuffs out any spells that create light. Uh, and every time someone walked in, you had something that created light, like the flaming my sword. sword. And, and so yeah. I, I made a DM call there. I'm like, I'm not sure if it would actually turn the spell off or if it would just extinguish the light portion of the spell. So I'm like, I think it would actually take the spell out. So I just went with it. But yeah, there was no huh. other... Because if you think about it, your bark skin didn't come off. I was just going to bring that up, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good old bark I'm skin. I'm just <laughs> noticing that Emily had her name... <laughs> crossed out on the <laughs> stream <laughs> from Kaista to Kaitza. So how do you say your character's name, Emily? Please enlighten us all. It was, uh, I mean, variations of it have been passed down through eons of time. <laughs> yeah. And now that it has reached us, the true meaning has simply been lost. <laughs> so please, can you enlighten us? <laughs> Kaista. Can you just choose an easier... It was Kaista. Kais. Just choose a better name next. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Z is before the T, not after. Was, yeah. Right, okay. Was. It was. But then, (laughs) who was, okay. So who was it then that said it's Kite-za, like Pete-za? It was Bill. Bill Bill said, no, it's Kite-za. 
And I was like, okay, fine, yeah. whatever. And that's <laughs> I, what I, wrote down. I don't know what it is anymore. I, I write down all your character names phonetically so I can try I do, to say it. I do right. too. I've started doing that. Like, I don't bother to write it down how it's spelled. I write it down how it sounds. Right. That's way easier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, though? I bet you none of those goblins that Kaista grew up with could pronounce her name either. Kaista. Nope. Yeah, she was probably used to it. I mean, like, being named Pep, uh, I have that problem all the time where, like, I'll say, like, oh, Peep. my name's Pep, and they're like, Pat, and I'm just like, sure, whatever. Really? You just go with oh, it? So there's it. people... Oh, <laughs> I mean... I don't want to fight every human being I You did... <laughs> Pep, you did exactly what I what I get all the time, which is Alana, 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 Alana and it's like, I just, whatever. <laughs> I think I worked at the current place I work for like three years before people were like, is it Alana or Elena? And I was like, it's Elena. They're like, why aren't, why weren't you correcting us? I'm like, because, because I mean, because they'll yeah, say it wrong times, it's like, the next day, even the after point? you correct them. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? And, and then exactly. your name is uh, Bile? Is it Bile? Yes, Bile. <laughs> I also usually just give up mm-hmm. on correcting people. Probably a good call. That's why I call him William. Bill is just far too hard to remember. Yeah. La 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 Land. My my last name and I I could count on one hand the number of times someone has pronounce it correctly with it yeah so thanks for giving me an easy last name frick so now i'm alana with a stupid last name i don't like mispronouncing people's name though so uh i remember when we did because we had kind of a pre one shot where i said your name wrong uh alana because we hadn't we hadn't talked in a while and it like slipped away it's all good and you you corrected me so i i wrote it down i wrote it down phonetically on my notes and then i lost the notes and then i just kept (laughs) i'm honestly i'm surprised you're saying it really well now so it's all good well i remember now well just because once i remember the lay part it has lay in it it's like oh lay nah and then it's just yes yes just imagine there's so, a there's a Y before the end. Sounds like PTSD from school teachers messing up, says Ken Poe. And that is so true. Ken, you have no idea. I grew up if his name is Ken. It's not Ken though, right? It's Ivan. It is Am Ivan. Am I thinking of the right person? Okay, that's what I thought. Anyway, I grew up since first grade with an Alana, same exact spelling. Oh, oh man. So I was yeah. Elena L my whole school life it was ugh. well you know for the didn't do any favors. yeah right for the first year of the podcast i called you Alana and it was really embarrassing <laughs> yeah, I, <remember> that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't correct you either no it, nobody it, corrected it me that was cool. the embarrassing part yeah <laughs> you know it's fine it's fine my name's mia so i find it interesting that like we really talk about the the kitesy thing but i still don't know exactly how john's character is pronounced Del- delano <laughs> So it's, it's, it's Delano. Delano. I, I, Delano like, Roosevelt. Back, Roosevelt. I heard it so many. I, I said it, I think, three or four different ways as I was talking to you. And the same thing. You didn't correct me, so. It's it's not for, it's not f- from the president. It actually is a, it's an, it means of the forest, I think, in French or something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. I wanted to look up Delano. something that. 
Delano. I sort of went with the druid background, right? Right, that's good. <laughs> so Delano, no, 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 whatever. That's funny. I mean, well, I, I don't, I don't speak French, so maybe I'm <laughs> saying it wrong. Yeah, it's all French to me. You, you would think hydratia should be hard to remember too, but for some reason, hydratia. We just... kept saying hydratia. Hydratia. <laughs> yeah, I messed well, that one up several druid, times. Plants, water. I don't know. <laughs> no wonder she hates you. <laughs> yeah, being Only together Delano for a year, traveling around. Name, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. I think all my one-shot characters now have to have a P for their first name. Tyra. Pam. Oh, boy. Uh, yes. I mean, you guys, any Patreons, well, there was, um, Patreons, it's not with a P. Speaking of their characters, like, Delano <laughs> often sounded like Shaft, and Hydratia often yeah. sounded like Isabel Good. I thought Delano time. sounded more oh, like more Delano like, sounded Drudge. like, um, yeah, Delano Drudge. Drudge. No, yeah. Drudge was Bill's character. Of. Bud Drudge was Bill's. Oh. I think I had. What was, what I had was your name? Killian. Or is no. it Killian? No. no it was, you were uh, McRibs. 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 That's like McRibs from. And it was yeah because it was. I wanted shot, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sort of that dark, quiet. You know, it didn't say much, right. but it has that deep voice. And for those that haven't listened, that was the one shot that Emily ran for us, which we are soon yeah. to revisit those characters. So stay tuned for that. Oh, yeah. that'll be fun. Bam. <laughs> also, that's why it was so cool that more games please was talking about his mom's name. His mom's being birthday, Pam. yeah. Pam, was, his mom's yeah. name. Pam. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes, Pam. Such a mom name. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going for. Well, I mean, we made it through yeah, well. a puzzles fairly unscathed, I guess. Although, in that very first room, Delano took some massive poison damage getting those. Those yeah. parchment, yes, which we then didn't use. <laughs> talk about talk about not doing something stupid to get us all killed, and then he goes and gets the parchments and triggers two traps doing that. He um he did yeah. try to use that parchment though, and we didn't know because he was on whisper True. with Pep. That's right. Yeah, he did. Oh, attempt, yeah. did like, attempt, but don't come in here or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What but of course, write? it was like in Pyra's pocket or whatever, right? Yeah, so you would have had to have thought, and I, I could have made it so the paper vibrated. That would have been funny, but. <laughs> phantom like vibrate. Yeah. She checks it, and it's like, oh, phantom vibrate. So why? why <laughs> two scrolls, one pen, right? But <laughs> One quill. No. I don't know if you were going for that joke or not, but. It was it was unintentional, but I realized what I said right when Emily started really laughing. Uh, no, that wait, wasn't what I was wait, going wait, for. Emily why, why not a quill? Let me, let me restate that. Wait, Here, Emily that didn't post, stop laughing. Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. We're live, John. But I would. Yeah, yeah, I know. So why not two quills, Pep? Asking the real questions. Well, I, I did point out Emily. to you, you could essentially use anything. You were a monkey at the time, so you could have like, you could have just... Rope in your own poop if you wanted. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, <laughs> you see the oh, pilot no. ship flying through the darkness? <laughs> With a little that's moment. how you <laughs> keep out. He just reaches around. <laughs> that's how you send a strong message. In, in hindsight, I don't even know. I should have questioned more that how you were writing so competently while you were in an ape form. Yeah. Like, I guess you still have the, the proper opposable thumbs and whatnot, but <laughs> yeah. you're pretty messy you at the can... very least. Stick yeah, your yeah, thumb yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think we had some pretty decent uses of our beast shape, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of us used it. I don't think Kaista used I it. I did not. Did 
No, I didn't. I would have been able to summon my lava monster. I wrote in my notes. I think we broke Pep at one point because he's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) 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 Sure. It's the funny part of listening to it in separate episodes like that, because I did notice, especially in the last episode, that I very much had that, like, whatever, because it was late at night, and I yeah. had to, like, rush some things a little bit, so whenever you did some things, it was like, sure. Like, sure, that, sure, it works, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, it took us longer to deal with the cube room than it did with the other three rooms. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the hallway, I think when we I think when we got there and Pep said, you know, hey, there's some blocks that are missing, right? And we were like, eh, eh. <laughs> who cares? Don't, not, not very interested in looking in those holes. What's the point? I think her hydration and Delano went yeah. all the way down the other end. Hydration, yeah, right. you didn't but, care. <laughs> personally, I love that. Uh, I'll, anytime I can as a character when I'm playing, I'll try to do the same thing. If it's not something my character would be interested in, I don't right. feign interest because the DM is being like, here's the thing. It's like, no, I'm, yeah. why, would yeah. I, why would I be interested? I'll, I'll go and wait unless someone asks for my help because, yeah puzzles if it's really important you'll come up with some reason why we have to do it yeah right but that wasn't important i mean it sort of was that was kind of how you're supposed to get past the zombies but whatever mm. the idea was that you would poison yourself so you're not healthy meat anymore and then the zombies would ignore uh. you but oh yes you told mm. us that i think um oh uh. well, and john even after. john uh, after the fact you had the idea well, like well we, we could have maybe thrown the meat smelling potions to try to lure right the zombies yeah. with that as well yeah I think we just completely forgot about them, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. The idea is to poison yourself when you go into that room and then use the um, health Healing potion afterwards, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. That's that's smart. That's, yeah. that's smarter than anything I'd figure out, I'm sure. We typically don't use things that we find in campaigns to our well, advantage. That's true, we yeah. may not even write them down most <laughs> of the time. We also don't have to role play that we don't care about what Leland tells us. We just don't, we just don't. care. We get really excited when we wow. find things and then promptly forget about them. No, I'm just saying, like, even if Leland was trying to hint at us, we don't pick it up what he's laying down. No, that's why I need time. to inject NPCs that travel with you that can then reiterate things. Yeah, yeah. Right. And bring them back exactly. around. Hey, bada this bada was bada important. Bang. Pay attention to it now. I noticed this. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> now that ah, pay no mind to him. He's crazy. I actively started it. Inter- like asking NPCs for their opinion and and throw us a bone here, man. Come on. I, I I do that a lot too, and every once in a while, whoever's DMing will just be like, the NPC is it, it can't solve all the problems for you. But they'll always not? be like, what's right. what's your opinion on the situation that's going on? And the DM's just like, uh. <laughs> So, Pep, do you think, <laughs> I mean, there were a few things that we didn't get to in this one shot, mm. but do you think, uh, and we could discuss them if you want, if you want to go over them, but do you think that even listening to the one shot, that maybe if a group was interested and maybe wanted, want you to run it for them, that they would still have a good time going through it, even though they've heard everything? Because that's kind of a weird thing with puzzle, I mean, we, I mean, we it was less of like a traditional dungeon crawl, but like we were doing a dungeon crawl, right? Like kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Um, things like that that involve puzzles, especially 
what someone might call like a solved puzzle. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you, you have situations where you get through, but it looks like there might have been different solutions. Um, and the, the puzzles at the end, the four, were kind of like that. There's different ways you could have like done everything, really. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's If someone were to have already listened, I, I feel like you wouldn't get much out of playing the campaign uh, because you'd go in with so much pre-knowledge about how everything is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Uh, I worry about that with uh, even like the ones that Wizards themselves designs, like the, the pre-made adventures. Like if you were to read the book, I feel like you couldn't play it as a character and, and you'd, you'd have to yeah. sit in the background the whole time. Like if everyone else hadn't read it, you would have to be like the wise old fighter who's just kind of doesn't get involved and, you know, only answer questions if you have to kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. that you say yeah. that actually because my group with my Dragonborn Turtle, they're playing through, we're playing through, because it's a break from our main campaign, because, you know, once everyone was self-isolating all that stuff, um, we hadn't played for a few, a few months, and not everybody was comfortable to come back when we started playing again. So we're doing, like, this interim campaign, and we're running through uh, Dragon Heist. And Emma is playing on the No Pun Included stream on Saturdays at... Uh, 12 pdt they're playing through dragon heist in which of course i'm watching so i'm actually uh, i mean like i say in that group i take a backseat anyways but i'm having a good time seeing like one how our dungeon master who has actually never run a pre-made adventure before is changing things compared to yeah where emma's group is going where the no pun included group is going Right. So I, I find that really interesting and, and, and cool. And obviously I'm not when we, you know, that group is very much ha has very much encouragable party tendencies, which are, I think, uh, tendencies that a lot of play groups have where sometimes for two hours you get fuck all done. And oh, yeah. so we're obviously <laughs> progressing through the pre-written campaign at different paces uh. than the no pun included crowd is. So, so it's interesting for me, like, sometimes we're ahead, and then I watch their stream, and then they get ahead, and then we play, and we don't get anywhere near to where they finished on their last one. So, and, and I'm not spoiling anything yeah. for Emma at all, um, but I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of, like, seeing the differences in, one, how these two, you know, exact games are being run. And I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I think, though, yeah. you... And, and it is a different situation, right? Obviously, because your one shot isn't meant to run players from level one to five. Like this no, specific, kind of exactly. Thing, yeah. Right. Like the specific pre-written campaign is. So there are less branching pathway opportunities in a one shot like yours kind of thing. There, there definitely was a little bit of branching though, because like I, I did run it for technically three groups, including you. Mm -hmm. um, and so there were a couple of key differences. Um, one was the interaction with the turtle each group kind of did their own thing with the turtle. You you kind of interacted and had like a nice day with them and then left them behind, which baffled me because when the first group with uh, with um, with Emma and the rest of them, they uh, they like embraced the turtle a little bit more and actually like started like trying to talk to him and pull him out of the room and all that kind of stuff. And as soon as that happened, I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly what the the incorrigible party of druids is going to do. This is going to be like their their entire goal is going to be to free the animals from this dungeon. I would beg to offer the opinion that he said he likes his master, 
And I thought maybe we'd find him alive. He, we, yeah, we didn't know he was dead yet. <laughs> That's true. So if I knew we were ending this with bored. a murder mystery. We were, yeah. yeah, we were going to turtle nap the guy. <laughs> but yeah, like, there was, it is an interesting thing. Yeah, there. There, was, like, there was enemies in that room that were just waiting to attack you if you did some like <laughs> bad things to the room. And you all were very nice and did your own thing. And I, I would say most DMs don't run the same thing over multiple times like yeah. you got to do in this situation. So I'm wondering if it taints your view of the next parties after you've, because you're, you're painting that story, you're putting that story together and painting that picture your first run through, yeah, you right? Kind of ex- you kind of expect it at that point. So, so that's interesting to, because I don't think I've ever ran the same module, you know, for a different group before. So that that's a weird... Yeah, and it, was, uh, it was like week after week too. I did like one week, then I did the second yeah. week, and then I did your group. Um, and the other main thing that changed was that I remember that was really interesting was uh, the one group, my local group, they, uh, when they got to the part with the the split, um, they kind of just all went in as a group and just brute forced everything. Like, they just killed all the enemies in every room. But my favorite was when they went to the room with the rust monsters, they noticed that, like, it was not a good idea for them to go in, and so they backed out and, like, fireballed it from, uh, from outside and then just cleaned up whatever was left. And then they found that the key was made of wood. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was just burnt to a cinder. Oh. That's awesome. Uh, and luckily, one of them was able to pick locks and was a thief. And so he figured out that uh, he tried to pick a lock initially, but it was like because it was four separate keys, he could pick one lock. But then we went to pick the next, it would, it would relock the first one. But because there was only one key damaged, he was still able to pick one lock and turn the other three. And it was fine. Yeah. But I, just, awesome. I thought that was so interesting that they were put in that situation where they're just like, oh, we'll just burn this room. And I'm like, well, the key, I guess, is damaged now. Sorry. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> Dracia almost, or Goat, Goat Dracia almost ate the wooden <laughs> key. I mean, yeah. Yeah, could have been I don't think any of us could pick locks. <laughs> you could kick it. You could burn it. Um, was there any way that we could have figured out who killed him? Or was that that's just no moot point? No, that was uh, that was. How dare you! I know. It was, How it was dare you give bad. us a problem we can't solve? It was my bad at the start because <laughs> the the wizard's initial speech just kind of it was more of a casual mention, like you know, if you happen to find out who killed me, that'd be great because it just felt like something he would say. And then you uh, you really embraced that part when you got they found his body. You're like, let's find out who murdered him. And I'm inside. I'm like. I don't know who murdered him, and I don't know what I want. <laughs> I don't know what I want to make up more adventure on the spot. Like this is supposed to sound like the end, but it sounds like it's just the beginning now. It was definitely a crime of passion. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna check yeah. the bed. <laughs> so check the bed. Yeah. Been watching a little too much CSI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a few questions, did we not? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. We sure did. Uh, you answered that one. Um, for everyone, the drawers were very different. How much inspiration did you draw from reading about other characters? Did you discuss your characters when making them to make sure there was variety? This is from Britt. We touched on a little bit of that, right? We, we did. I think we did, right? Like yeah. we, I think ahead of time we made sure that we didn't all choose the same type of druid. And that was pretty uh, much it. We didn't said, talk to each other about anything circle. else. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I will say uh, Hydratia was re-influenced by Pyra is what I would say. Because originally, like, uh, individually, Elena and I, I guess, just looked at Genasis. And I originally wanted mm-hmm. to be a water yeah. Genasis. And then I changed it to, like, a half elf or something. Like, for stats. I was min-maxing. 
And then yeah. I saw, because um, in like Pep mentioned, we had a little pre one shot to make sure everything in roll twenty was working, and we all, you know we all got together and had all all our tokens uh, in order and that kind of shit. And I changed her back to a water dynasty because Pyra was a fire, and I thought it would be interesting. Mm. So yeah, uh, Hydratia was a little influenced by Pyra. The the final cut of Hydratia definitely was absolutely. Was it hard for Elena to talk in the voice of Pyra? It was really good, added a lot to the listening experience. <laughs> I think we did play for a long time. I think it did hurt my throat a bit, but it was fun. <laughs> I, I could I could do it for short bursts. I think I talked less probably like that. So I never understand uh, people's ability to do those kind of voices for a long time. Like I was in choir and stuff, so I'm used to you know you have to like. Whole, you have to do your voices in certain ways and sing in a certain ways so that you don't strain your throat. And so I guess you just get used to using the voice in a way that it doesn't hurt as much. But like again, in one of the other groups, that's like purposefully hurting your yeah, voice. Yeah, I know. To do right? But one one of the other groups, uh, one of them played like a barbarian, and and it was, he was kind of new to the game, but he was really role playing it. And so every time he walked into a room, he's just like, I smash the door. Like he just he was screaming <laughs> the whole time and. <laughs> Like, it was, it was entertaining. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining, but man, I'm, I'm impressed his voice lasted through the whole night. Well, Britt, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad uh, in the chat she's saying it was so good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, yeah, these questions are from Britt, too. too, right? Yes, those yeah. were. Yeah. Uh, Emma said... You know, Bill, uh, Bill Elena, that's, that's well, Elena's actually going to sound like that in the future, about 30 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. So, she doesn't quit smoking, she will. That's right. Six packs a day is due to you. I don't need to smoke drugs to be dope, you know what I mean? <laughs> Very nice. oh, Emma says her question is, why didn't you save the turtle, freaking druids? <laughs> because I already said I, re- I literally didn't think this guy was dead, or we all thought we could go back, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it like, quite connected with us that we were going through portals and there wasn't just something we could yeah. go back through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> portals you don't Emma. you don't always think in the moment but i do love that it, so it, it technically happened the same way twice because you're like sitting there at the campfire and then you have a thing happen and you just go through the portal and then it's like oh but you, you kind of forgot your campfire and there's the same way you yeah. got to the end of the little dungeon and you're like oh hey some more yeah. portals whoop Ooh, a shiny <laughs> portal Ooh, a shiny portal <laughs> everybody loves a portal <laughs> uh jess says that was totally awesome Awesome dungeon crawl, fantastic characters, so much fun to listen to. More, more compliments, Jess. We need this. Yes. Uh, she says the pre-recorded yes. wizard was hilarious, but I really wanted him to be alive at the end so the party could glare at him for the shenanigans he put them through for his entertainment. No, we wanted him to be alive at the end so we could kill him. <laughs> <laughs> she says, Pep, how was hanging out with the incorrigibles as a DM instead of a guest NPC? I'll stop there and let you answer that before we get to the others. Uh, it was interesting. It's a little bit more of pressure because when you are the guest NPC, it's, uh, if anything, it's more on Leland and the other characters to keep me in check. But <laughs> whenever I'm the DM, it's up to me to keep them in check. So it, it's a definitely a different dynamic. Um, I'm also, usually when I DM and just as myself in person, I don't normally curse or... Uh, I don't usually have quite as much uh, playful ribbing as the group does, so you can even kind of tell when it started off, I feel like I didn't really get into all the ribbing as much, and then by the end, like, other half of it, 
like I was just up there throwing the insults around here and there. Yeah. <laughs> We've corrupted you in, in two episodes. Yeah, that's, in two, that's by two good. episodes, that's... he's like repeating Pyra's voice and yelling, Shut <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, say, I, feel, I feel weird with the shillelagh thing because... Um, I, like I did it, and then no one said anything about it, and, I just, and then I did it again later. And I'm like, no one's gonna even understand what the reference was to. It's just because uh, whenever I still don't. Yeah, whenever I used to play a druid, um, I played like a little halfling druid, and uh, that's what I did. Whenever I cast Shillelagh, she was like Shillelagh, and she just like <laughs> she went into like combat mode. And so as soon as you cast Shillelagh, I just had to do it, and then we never talked about it. So. I didn't, I didn't, hey, listen, I didn't get it, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. And that is why we have the after party. <laughs> uh, did you expect the gelatinous cube to be such a deathly struggle? Uh, it's funny. Gelatinous cubes are one of my like favorite creatures, but it's always an awkward creature because if you see it coming, it's a non-threat. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. if you're sixty to seventy feet down in a dungeon and you happen to notice it and, and like pass your perception checks really well, it's really not a threat at all. It can't move fast enough to catch you, and you can just pepper it with arrows or whatever. It's not really immune to all that much, so it it shouldn't be a threat. But I was a nasty DM and I set it up in a difficult situation. Um, but the party did something specifically weird that made it bad. Where uh, I think it was. Leland went in first. That's right. And so like Leland went in and triggered the trap essentially that the cube now knew something was in it and was starting to move. And then you like talked for like ten seconds and then Shaft went in alone, basically, and the cube the cube literally came down on top of him. And yeah. that isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen that like you're walking and then you like maybe hear a noise behind you and you look back and maybe get the spot check or don't but like you're told to rush whenever you get into the room like it's i hope you can run i hope you can swim and so you're supposed to kind of move fast and yeah you just ended up in a situation where it landed on top of you so i had a rope around me or something right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Basically, worst possible case scenario is comes in and lands on top of his head. Yeah, yeah. Hydracia thought she needed a new best friend. (laughs) Yeah, that was so good too. When you turn into the goat and like it pushed you out, like nope, too much. Get out. (laughs) Poops you out instead of us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually funny. Any time I remember using a gelatinous cube, there was always a druid in the party, and the druid always used their shape shifting to help against the cube in some way i remember someone was <laughs> oh. stuck and uh, they turned into a giant octopus and like Ooh. used like oh. wrapped multiple tentacles around the person to like get a bonus to pull them out huh. and, like it was it was so smart and, and they rolled really well and everything yeah. and yeah so druids versus the gelatinous cube i think the gelatinous cube is at a strict disadvantage because yeah you can you can do some some neat things yeah. unless there's five druids and they're us yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and this whole cube was taking up the whole hallway, too. Like, let's say he walked through on the way back, he would have had to get through it somehow. That's sort of the the power of the gelatinous cube, right? To take up the entire. If if it's in a big open area, just walk around. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, there was was a lot of uh, time cut out with John deciding just what he wanted to change into when he was in that cube, because he. Do you remember that specifically at all, John? Because it seemed like you were going back and forth between there's. A few different things. I think you actually mentioned on Mike, but like you took some time. Like, hmm, what do I want? To, what's going to help me here? 
I don't remember why <laughs> what I was thinking at the time. I, I probably was trying to look for the best opportunity. Yeah. I, I don't maybe, probably an octopus, but I didn't come up with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember you wanted to turn into a it. spider or something, and then I said, "Oh, just so you know, Ooh. you're taking acid damage." And then you're like, oh, "Yeah, right. right. I don't, I don't really want to turn into something that'll die instantly." Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, what yeah, it was. yeah. That might have been it. Yeah, that would suck. But yeah, it's funny. Uh, I see uh, Ivan in the chat uh, is talking about the uh, the ooze situation too, and I think his character that that died something pretty similar happened. Where I think it's just that he he took it a little too slow. Like rather than running, he just kind of was walking, and it just walked up behind him and eventually engulfed him, and he didn't know what was happening, kind of thing. And that's that's really the trouble with the gelatinous cube is. Although it was funny, I believe it was Pyra who noticed what it was and then just decided um, it was it was okay. It's just like, oh, it's like the, the air is shimmering. And it's just like, I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's hard. This is fine. Yeah. It, it's always hard when someone describes something to you. It's like, I don't know if this is supposed to sound dangerous or interesting. So I'm an old lady. I see shiny things all the time. I don't know whether they're real or not. You it's know? my cataracts. I'm, yeah, I'm hallucinating. That's just my cataracts. <laughs> I gotta go back to the doctor to get my meds straightened out. Oh. I'm a little yeah. bit loopy. I shouldn't have had hydration put them in my little pack for me. Should have eaten a booty jerky. I'm a little loopy. <laughs> All those mushrooms. I mean, to be fair, he told us they were old, so that's on us. Well, that's true. I mean, and Pyra had just been a potted plant and was floating. <laughs> well, that's true. I really liked being a part of Planet Earth. That though. whole interchange with the ring was like the dumbest oh, yeah. thing ever. <laughs> Where you're like, well, oh, I don't want to hurt her, but I do. <laughs> Bill, did you wish that you were fallsy as you wandered around the library with all those books? Yeah, I, uh, I certainly thought of fallsy when all the books came about. But I had I had a lot of fun playing uh, Booch, actually. He was a... He was a a uh, fun change from Palsy. And I'm glad, I, you know, I probably would have used Fireball on that room and roasted the key. Of course. Roasted the key, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I love seeing players uh, that actually can do that. Like, you play something for your first time, and then you, like, you go and you make a new character, and you don't just keep the same traits. Because I know a lot of people, like, they're so obsessed with treasure, they even have a character that's obsessed with tre treasure. Then they make another character, and they're obsessed with treasure. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> So you gotta have you gotta shift your personalities around sometime. You can't always be the exact same character. I want to see Bill play an evil character. Ooh. Evil campaigns are hard. Uh, He's always too nice. Yeah. Well. Um... Oh, Falzern's evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what I've been doing the whole time. <laughs> Deep scion immersion. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about evil campaigns is. They have the potential to work if the party is not evil to each other. Yeah. I think they would yeah. they'd be able to function a lot better that way. Yeah, right. You can't be evil to each other, and you, you can't really be, like, psychotic either. Like, if you just walk into a town and start slitting people's throats, like, that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. It's not a campaign, then. It's just you all living out some creepy fantasy about murdering people. <laughs> like, it, it, it's got to be something that's evil but isn't, like, so outwardly awful that you're automatically going to have right. the town guard on you constantly kind of thing you know i think in a campaign like that when a really flesh out backstory will come the most in handy especially for the person running yeah. the game because 
you know, ideally each of those characters would have some, maybe just their ulterior, their, like the, their end goal is not, right. is something that is evil. And it doesn't have to be like evil as in kill everything in a si- certain city, but maybe evil, it's just perceived as not good could potentially be something you could play with yeah. like that too. It's a motivation that other people don't find acceptable. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's a tricky thing. Yeah. Cause like in, in real life, just like in D and D, if someone is, you know, quote unquote evil, usually they don't think of themselves as evil. And, and when you're playing a exactly. campaign, it should be the same way. You should feel like whatever you're doing is good enough and that you're right enough that, you're not going to be perceived as evil, even if you are. So Justified or warranted. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's always going to be exceptions. There should probably be one person in the party who is a little bit more on the like Joker style, and the other people have to keep him in, in check. But generally, if you're all playing that way, it's... The same thing happens on the inverse. Is a good character believes their actions are justified and righteous, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. And you may have a lawful good character that may be too good for the party and the party will have to convince them to make some concessions kind of thing. So, I mean, you can take a lot of the same things and apply, right? A lawful good character will get you in a lot more trouble than probably a chaotic or lawful evil character. Lawful evil is a cool alignment. I think it's, it's interesting because again, it's like you have this set of beliefs and, you know, this, you know, code, but it's just not what everybody else would think would be a way to live their life kind of thing. Well, it's like lawyers. Like, like I don't actually hate lawyers, but uh, a lot of people would see lawyers as being like lawful evil. Their entire purpose is to do things within the law and to like follow a code, but at the same time, yes. they're doing it for means that aren't necessarily good. Yeah, they they could know that they're guilty, but that's not their yeah. It's still their, it's their still job, their job right? to get Prove the person off of going to prison, even if they are guilty. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're going to play either end of that spectrum, you have to, you can't be too rigid or else it's, it's going to hinder the fun of the other people at the table. I find alignment doesn't matter in a lot of cases. Like for example, I'm sure each of you had an alignment, but I don't know what it was and, and it didn't come up. It didn't really need to come up. Um, yeah. I think sometimes it's given a bit more emphasis than it deserves. It's, I think it's like a backstory. It just tries to give you something to play off of to say, what would your character do in these types of situations? But you don't, it's just like everybody, you don't always do the right thing right. or the wrong thing yeah. all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's a role play right? aid, right? I mean, Hydratia's alignment is chaotic sexy. And <laughs> very clearly, <laughs> very clearly it influenced the Obviously. way I role played her because, you know. Oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it just says one more thing. Oh, sorry. Well, Ivan in the chat ahead. though says the third D and D movie is all about an evil party, and it's actually interesting to watch. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know there was a D and D movie. Oh, oh, any D and D. The movie. first D and D movie is campy but pretty good. The second is nonsense, and I haven't actually seen the third, so I might go look it up. Are they recent? Uh, no, they're pretty old. But look up Dungeons and Dragons the movie. It's actually it's pretty good. It's uh it's it's a little comedic too, which is kind of fun. Huh. They're supposed to be making another one. Ooh. Are we talking about time, Stranger right? Things or? No, we're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that? Uh, uh, what was that recent animated one with like the troll people or whatever that everyone loved? Oh, Onward. Onward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Onward was cute. One, like, 
if there was to be the epitome of like a D and D movie, like this would be. It, it was cute. It was, I, I really liked I haven't it. seen it, so I like I, Chris I Pratt it. as a voice actor. It's on, actor. Uh, it it's on Disney Plus, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I haven't yeah. seen it because Disney Plus is garbage. In the well, in the quarantine, <laughs> in the quarantine, we paid the five bucks and rented it one night. It was. Oh, cute. okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, you can just get on Google Play. Yeah, I think it's worth a watch. Okay. It was uh, it was actually the last thing my local group watched before the quarantine. Like, we watched it, basically, uh, we found out the night before that quarantine stuff was going to come into place this week on the island. Um, yeah. And it was, like, the same weekend it came out or something. And we had planned on seeing it, so we said, okay, like, let's go see it anyway, and then and then that's it. Like, that's the last thing we're going to do together. So we kind of had a nice little last hmm. evening out and had some food and... I'll see it when the Mandalorian comes back, and then right. I'll cancel. Same. Oh, yeah. I want more Agreed. Mandalorian. So, so bad. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is the way. Yeah, it, it, to go it back needs more content. I was so just—I mean, God, we're tangenting real hard, but man, I was disappointed. <laughs> Disney Plus does need more. It Disney does need Plus. more content. It's garbage because I don't give a fuck about Disney. I don't give a shit about any of that old Disney crap. Not for me. I can only get excited about like Lizzie McGuire so much to be like, oh, childhood, <laughs> and then be like, eh. <laughs> Oh, I love being <laughs> you and I, Elena, being the same age because like we just loved and grew up with the same shit. And we grew up in the same was the, same, was the shit. Yeah, well, and then my little sister, who's even younger, right? It's all Hannah Montana yeah, stuff. Yeah, true. Aren't they the same? Which person? I was like, no. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Throw Bill back in the gelatinous cube. Is that Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> See, yeah. incorrigible party, bringing together the generations. Uh, we're live right now, Jonathan. We are live. So anyway, Jess had one more thing that she said. Oh, sorry. Uh-oh. Oh, she also told me that Booch and Pyro were her favorites. I mean, that's on the record. Oh, yeah. Okay, she had two more things she she said. She said Booch and Pyro are her favorites. Booch is everyone's favorite. No. Uh, did you guys... <laughs> Slam. Oh, dang. <laughs> Did you guys find department. it easier or more enjoyable to write a short campaign like a one-shot or a big sprawling campaign like Aspara is? Well, Pep wrote the one-shot and Leland's writing Aspara, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, you probably I didn't have to do a lot of work for either, really. Super easy for <laughs> us. your character. Yeah, really. <laughs> Bill just shows up. Have you made uh, one-shot kind of stuff before, though, Leland? No, actually. I haven't. Oh. I mean... You could call some potential campaigns one shots because it didn't last very long, but <laughs> but no, I haven't, and that's actually something that um, I'm interested in in trying. Um, I think it's I think it's like you know it's obviously a lot of overlap as far as skill sets, but I think it's a specific skill set too, as far as you know crafting the whole thing. Well, you got to have a beginning and an end, right. and you got to move it along at a certain right. pace, Absolutely. right? Yeah. But so, your end yeah. could have no solution to it. He's dead. We don't know why. It is what it is. Well, if I've learned anything from Beth, it's yes. Give him a mystery. <laughs> don't bother solving it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the end. The end is the end. It wouldn't have been as exciting if I just started off and said, hey, I'm dead. Come find me. <laughs> True. But the best mysteries are unsolved. Just one answer. We might have saved the turtle answer, that okay. way, though. That's true. Might have. <laughs> well, it is always a cliffhanger too, because now that that guy's out there, so you can use him for anything That's now, true. right? He... It's uh, it's actually interesting because uh, the one shot was more work for me than most campaigns usually end up being. Because when I plan out a campaign, it's more like 
players are so uh, everywhere. So I plan out kind of what's going to happen and who some of the major players are, but it's so character-driven and what they decide to do that I plan almost none of that, and it's almost all just improv on the fly. But with something like a one-shot, um, I feel like it's disingenuous to try to improv at all because you, you're telling people ahead of time that, oh, I have this one-shot plan, let's do it. You're kind of lying to them if you just come in and be like, oh, I have this one-shot plan. And by that, I mean you're going to show up with characters and I'm going to make stuff up on the fly. So, yeah, I, I honestly put more work into this one-shot than I put into a campaign that I've run over the course of a year. At least more front-loaded work. The campaign over the year, yeah. you know, it takes time sometimes to develop a town they're going to walk into or all that. But generally, yeah, so much more you can make up on the fly. But when you custom make your own one-shot, I find there's not... Uh, there's not as much room. It's easier because I... Well, it's harder because I put it in a dungeon, so you can't really go somewhere else and do different things. Right. But, yeah. You, I mean, you have the freedom you can make things up on the fly anyway. Sometimes if you did something, I could be like... It'd be more entertaining if the the room did smush rather than uh, stopped partway. I remember somebody asked me that, actually, after seeing the the thing, whether it was actually going to crush you and I just decided to spare you. And it's like, no, the I already pre-recorded it. The wizard only got so far, and he couldn't figure out how to make it actually crush because the gears wouldn't move properly, so he just gave up, and he's like, it's just, it'll make them uncomfortable at the very least. <laughs> so did, did you... That's, that's funny. Did you have that part? Did you have any of the three parties that went through that actually found the key before it didn't crush? Did everyone get to the end and think they were going to die? <laughs> no, the I, think they, I think they all made it to the end thinking they were going to die. Um, and that's... It, it is kind of the intent. Like, the keys are are there. I, in fact, in the D- Roll20, I literally had all three keys hidden under piles. So if you picked the right piles, you technically would have found them. Right. Hmm. But that being Bill said... says he was terrified. It was it was effective. I was legitimately scared. I was like, crap, this this is bad. We're, we're all going to You played die. it off... You played it off like you were the only one that wasn't, though, because you're like, I got a shell. I got a shell, I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't think it'd be all that exciting for Pep and I to play out the remainder of the one-shot, just the two of us. Oh, <laughs> I'd be fine with it. Kaista measured up. Part. She would have been fine. <laughs> fine? I'm skinnier than Booch. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's weird, too, because when you do a one-shot, you accept that you can make it more dangerous, so you can put a little bit more thought into, like, making the traps more deadly and stuff, because at the end of the day, if they sure. die, it's a one-shot. Like, you just, you fail to yeah. do it. Oh, well. Um, but in a campaign, you're, generally, you're trying to tell a story more than kill the players, so, yeah, you feel a little bit more uh, likely to back off if the players, like, you know, if they try to fight a dragon or something, you'll probably find a way to let them sneak out rather than just making the dragon toast them. Yeah. <laughs> There's no dragons trouble. in our game. Joke's on you. Oh. <laughs> yet. Yeah. Haven't done I'd that rather have, a, like, a few different uh, characters in one-shots die instead of... And, and if that means Mia gets to live, I would uh, I would gladly die in one-shot. I think shot. you get really attached to, um, like, long campaign characters as well. So um, there's probably... I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm speaking with zero experience. I've never, never DM'd. But... Time to kill Falsy! <laughs> no. I'm trying. He, it's his time. I'm He's trying, ready. He says. <laughs> 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 he 
There's, um, it's like a cockroach. He will not die. <laughs> <laughs> you step on me, and I just squiggle out from underneath your boot. Yeah, we just gotta rip off the scabula. Yeah, right. Every time you flick the lights on, falls and scurries off into some corner. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's there's probably a bit more weight um, on the DM for like if if a if a character is gonna die in a in a big long arcing campaign that's been going on for a year you you kind of want it to be sort of meaningful right and just not like oh you fell off the cliff slip yeah <laughs> let me let make an, uh, make off an acrobatics <laughs> check and you and you roll poorly and fall to your death and it's like oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. your, your teammate hits you and gives you two failed death saves but the the trick with a one shot <laughs> that is, would never uh, happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah is balancing the timing on killing the players too, right? I mean, if they're in a bad situation, it's like a board game, right? You play and somebody gets eliminated and you still have an hour to play, the other person's not going to have a lot of fun. But if you can, you, you usually ramp up the intensity on a one shot. The closer you get to the end, the more likely are that they're going yeah, to right, die yeah. in those situations. So, And you're always dealing with dice. So there's always luck. And the luck is, yeah. could yeah, that's right. go in, I guess you could say the DM's favor, but I could go the against DM mitigates you. that, right? I got a couple things from Mike. He messaged us twice, once in the middle of uh, the releases and then once at the end. He said in the beginning that he's loving the pep shot so far, so funny. He thinks the conflict between fire and water is hilarious. Um, Pep's doing a great job as DM. He thinks the recordings of the wizard are interesting twists and was cracking up while driving when Pep first mentioned them before he got into the game. I wonder who those comments were aimed at. Oh yeah, yeah. The I'm not gonna play it again if you're if you're talking. <laughs> you were you were setting the ground rules. <laughs> I wasn't. I mean, you're lawful it. evil. I think <laughs> I think all of us have our moments. Um, that is some true. Some more than others. That is true. Perhaps, some have a lot of moments. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does have a question for Pep. What were the items the party missed? For example, Pil- Bill and Elena left some sort of skull in the zombie room. Was this a magic item, and if so, what did it do? Or was it thrown into the description of the room just to make them curious, giving you a chance to attack them with zombies more? Yes, to both. Uh, it, it was a magic item, but it was also literally there just to tease. The, it's the same as the scrolls. The scrolls are there in that little dead spot, so that you look at it and you think, that spot looks safe, and there's an item there. I want to go get it. But it's only safe, it only looks safe because it's poison gas instead of, you know, darts and fire and stuff. So it was the same in that. It's, it's kind of that if you go for it, the zombies are going to have time to actually reach you and fight you if you decide to try mm-hmm. to run through. So I definitely pointed it out in the moment just as a little, like, are you sure you don't want to see what this little shiny skull is? But yeah, it was a magic item. Um, it wasn't anything super excited. It was like a you could cast detect magic once a day or something via using it. Hmm. Um, it was like a little eye kind of thing, but there wasn't anything else. I don't think that the party missed. It's always a weird topic. I think when we finished the podcast, we had a quick little chat about some of the things that were part of it that that maybe you didn't find. Um, like I I remember playing a little. Uh, extra little audio clip that you actually didn't hear, and I guess anyone listening to the podcast wouldn't have heard either. Um, from like another room that you missed. Well, not really missed, but another room that you didn't visit. And so I always find it interesting because players sometimes will ask after they're done of a, a a campaign or a session, they'll be like, "Hey, is there anything we missed?" And so I always want to answer the same sarcastic thing as the DM, like, "If I tell you, you'll just go get it." So I'm not telling you. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, we walked out of this cave. Like, what did we miss? It's like, oh, you missed like a staff of power. It's like, oh, we're going to go back into the cave and get it then? It's like, oh, darn yeah. it. Not if you portaled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can get back. But generally, I like. I usually like to try to save ideas for later if I can. Like, if you miss something, I just pretend it never existed. And then the next time you're in a cave or whatever, I just... Yeah. Stick that room on the end of the cave as a little as a little bonus. So I always found it weird. I had a DM who would do the opposite. As soon as you were done, he would just go through like note by note. Oh, here's all the stuff you didn't get, and like here's what you should have done here, and here's what you should have done here, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's sort of that's sort of cool. Yeah. I, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that then influences your play though, so that you're playing like search like hours in a dungeon just searching, like, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't I don't want players doing either. Yeah. Uh Mike finished saying the magic items you described at the end were pretty cool and interesting. Great job with the whole thing. Very entertaining. Thank you. I actually I'm oh, honestly thanks, Mike. Yeah, I, I'm impressed that Leland left that part of the end because I, I think finding treasure and, and loot is interesting, but usually in a campaign it's interesting because you're gonna get to use it. But in this case, uh I, I gave you the, the loot, but you didn't get to do anything with it, so it, it's neat. Well this but... The characters exist, right? And and they can uh, they can go anywhere. Who knows? That's true. That's true. They could uh, they could make another appearance at some point. Yep. Yeah. Well, I wanted to. I mean, we had you on to one uh, trick you into letting the five of us play in your game, mm-hmm. and two to showcase some of your creativity, as you are a yeah. very creative person. You have a lot of creative pursuits. Um, one thing I did want to ask you, maybe get your opinion on your functionality with like roll twenty. So I know you actually made a video on your YouTube channel about it specifically too, did you not? Uh, yeah, just a quick little like, this is some of the great stuff about it kind of thing. I really like it. I was really surprised when the pandemic started. At first I didn't want to do anything role-playing wise because I just normally we would play in person. And then eventually, I think it was because you, you had asked me about the one-shot, um, and so when I started getting that set up and I opened up Roll20 and, and started playing around with it, the functionality was so easy uh, and just setting it up was, it was a little bit time consuming for some things, like learning a, a little bit of, of how to create some of the things. And I probably did it in a slower way than necessary, but it was really interesting just what you could pull off. I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy it too. And actually, I didn't do this last time we played, but this is funny. You know, I watched like a YouTube Dang video it, of like easy tips and tricks using it. Like there's like just with the like a holding down a whatever whatever key it is, as you're moving tokens, it'll create a trace a line of the path that you move the token for everybody on roll twenty. Like it has a lot of that. It's almost like it's hidden stuff though. Like it's it's not yeah. anywhere up yeah. front to show you in your face, but like it makes it really easy for everyone to see where a token moves uh, to for attack of opportunities and all that kind of stuff, you know, is for the for a DM is when they're moving over a specific space that might have triggered a trap, that kind of stuff. Because I find like sometimes you'll just see the token from where it starts and then it will go right to wherever that person yeah. moved it, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a lot of cool, mm-hmm. interesting stuff with it that you can do. Yeah, and, and and in the thing I had it set up that everything was hidden, you could slowly reveal more and more. But you can actually have yeah. dynamic lighting set up too, where as you move the characters, it just actually would reveal whatever your lighting area was. I just didn't get around to setting that up, but it's really neat. Um, yeah, I'm excited. They actually have their own little role playing game that they made called uh, Burn Bright. 
that's uh, it's kind of like a fantasy space-themed kind of role-playing game, but it's all done through Roll20. So, like, even when you make your characters, you literally make them in Roll20 hmm. via, like, the little oh. character setup that it has in there. And uh, it's interesting if, if uh, not to, like, give ideas for the future, but if you're ever interested, we could potentially play through some of that, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's I, cool. I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. That's interesting. I believe that's it for the questions. Uh, we could probably wrap her up here, I think, if unless everyone has anything else you want to add. No, we had a great. I had a great time. I enjoyed playing a new character and going through a, a dungeon and having the five of us all was play together yeah, for fun. the first time. It was so fun yeah. To, yeah. to play with all of you. Our characters were really fun. That was really yeah. fun. Yeah, thank you so much, Pep. It was. It was. Uh, you did a fantastic job DMing, and like like John said, it was really nice for an op- us to have an opportunity to all play together as players. Yeah, no, it was it was a good time DMing. Um, I'm really used to DMing like the people that I know uh, personally in real life, so it's interesting to to DM with like a group that you're not quite so used to and, and see how different people play. And yeah, and you were all a really good group too because you you all played druids, but you know you all played things differently, and there's a lot of role playing, and everything wasn't just optimal. You didn't just go through every solution the easiest way possible. That word's not in my dictionary. So. Yeah. yeah, we like to make things difficult. Very incorrigible. <laughs> like, for example, that first room, I mean, if you had the ability to fly, you someone could have easily just, like, flew over it, and that True. whole trap is done. Right. You just fly over, that's and a, then, like... That's a great idea, Pep. <laughs> Ivan's saying that uh, he thoroughly enjoyed the one-shot, and he'll be checking out our other episodes, so that's great. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, he's going to check us check us out on Twitch. We're going to be gaming more. Yeah. Yeah, we are streaming this live on Twitch, but um we do, we're going to do other stuff on and we have we have done other stuff on here, so come yeah. back. Denver's played board games for four and a half hours the other day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, four and a half hours. Oh fun. Yeah. You're always welcome to come on and play some games with us. Oh, I can't wait to play Elder Scrolls online. Bill just built me my PC, so. Yeah. Okay, Pep, why don't you uh yeah. tell everybody where they can find you. We do have your handle up on the screen and handily. <laughs> handy, handy for everybody. But uh, please give, me, give yourself a plug. You can find me in my apartment. This is where I am. For <laughs> <laughs> you drinking my maple syrup tea. <laughs> so Canadian. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both under Board Pep. Uh, I'm also on YouTube as Board Pep. Uh, do videos, uh, just like reviews of board games, pep talks. Take, took a break for the last couple weeks, but trying to get back into it. It's always, uh, it's been a little weird with the pandemic. Uh, it feels like you have all this time in the world and you could be filming more and more, but I don't know. I kind of want to do less, not more. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I uh, find me on Twitter. I post stuff sometimes. Follow me. Maybe I'll follow you back. We'll have fun. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. Well, thanks so much for running running everything and for coming back to the after party. It's always great to be able to have someone back afterwards as well. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd be up for any after party, even if I'm not involved in the episode. I'll, <laughs> I'll just come in and, and smile That's and actually nod. very true. <laughs> what, what was your what was your character's name and uh when you, your npc roland right roland yes. roland right yeah. uh, i i envision roland is now working somewhere in uh Dracal as a uh, bodyguard so i don't know if that's uh in leland's mind but that's that 
In Shaft's mind, that's what's happening. <laughs> no one wants to go into Shaft's mind. Or are you going to come back as an assassin place. and fight the party? You know, I'm, oh, I'm up for that too. There we go. <laughs> Some ideas. We have had a lot of folks from the party's past coming back around suddenly. So <laughs> there's also two different people in the party than when you. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm now. Um, Spoiler free for Paul all these Zarin. people like Ivan that haven't listened. I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing a, a giant barbarian. <laughs> giant barbarian. Paul He's not the smartest, but he knows how to get things done. Oh, man. That is exactly oh, so opposite good. of Falzard. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> Uh, kick her off there, John. Okay, I've, I've been John Shaft and Delano. I've been Emily and Kaitsa, Kitsa, whatever. <laughs> Kaista. <laughs> Who the hell? My knows? name's Elaine and I played Pyra. And I've been Bill and Booch. I'm Leland Steele and the chaotic, sexy hydration. <laughs> 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 and Happy I'm, adventure. And I'm Pep. Oh, I thought I was going to get one. Oh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> God, we can't ever get this right. All right. Do the happy adventure, Pep. And I've been Pep the DM. And Arthur Wizard. Oh, I messed my voice up there. And Arthur (laughs) Wizard. Happy adventure, incorrigibles. Well, okay, this is kick her off. Okay, this is our best I've part. been. Oh, before we John go. and here we go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do Bill's we, got something. Do we wanna, <laughs> how do we want to end this? Do we want to? I don't know if there's anyone else streaming. Well, yes, we but let's it? do the sign off for the podcast version, <laughs> and then right we can raid after. <laughs> no, no, no. We got to do it in the other order. <laughs> right. Well, Pep. <laughs> we got to raid Pep, and then you sign go. Off. You go first, Pep, and then I'll follow you. So. He just did. You've he just fucked up for five Badia. minutes for Pete's sake. Just sign off so we can end this thing. It's hot in here. What am I saying? Okay. Been, I, Thanks, Pat. <laughs> uh, I've been John and Shaft no, you and Shaft. Delano. You were, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I'm always Shaft. It's right there on the screen. <laughs> did do you even know what the wizard's name? Do you Delano remember the wizard's screen. name, actually? No. Did we, no. Get, the did we get one? I don't think yeah. he ever said that. He, he, he didn't tell us his name. He never said his name. He did, actually. He said hello to you. No. He said hello to you in the first room. I refuse to believe that. I don't know. No. Man. It was written on the scrolls. He said, hello, my name is Narth. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Oh, I just assumed that was somebody there before us. Yeah, we just thought he was there. Oh, my there. God. Somewhere. I guess we were right. <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't get that. Yeah. Okay. Be- best sign off, Feather. Okay. <laughs>